Well, good morning again. <laughs> Happy New Year. Uh, yeah, 2022. Here we are. I uh, appreciate y'all being here this morning. Uh, I know it's, we're coming out of a busy season, a stressful time of the year, and so uh, I know it takes a little bit of extra effort to make it here this morning. And so uh, I really appreciate y'all being here this morning. And anyone viewing online, welcome as well. Thank you for, for watching. Uh, Trey is taking some much-needed, well-deserved time off today, and so uh, you're, you're stuck with me, and, and uh, I'm excited to be able to preach with you this morning. Uh, if you don't know me, I'm Pastor Lee, and I'm the associate pastor here at Fellowship, and I oversee worship, tech, and communication needs of the church. And uh, sometimes I get to preach, so here we are. Um, I, I want to talk about something today that God's been working with me on for a few weeks now, and it's really, uh, it's a really just a basic fundamental understanding of, uh, uh, that we have within our Christian faith. Uh, but, but sometimes we miss the basics. Uh, I, I remember being a kid and uh, I, I would, we would, as a family, play board games and card games. And I was notorious for not listening to the instructions as they were being told. And I remember... Uh, struggling so hard, like, and no matter how hard I tried, I just physically could not listen to the instructions. Any fellow ADD friends in here who can sympathize with me? I know definitely you. Um, <laughs> um, but I remember, like, I, I just remember struggling, and, and they would say, Lee, listen. I'd be like, okay. And I'd say, okay, I'm going to listen this time. And by that point, I've already missed the first instruction. I'm like, oh, no, I'm listening. And, and I get focused on the fact that I'm not listening. And then I continue to not listen. And I miss more things. And inevitably, by the end of the instructions, I have to say, wait, what? And they're like, ah. Oh. You know, they have to, my parents would have to tell me again. But I feel like that sometimes in prayer. Do you guys feel that way as well? It's just sometimes hard to, to stay focused. And you get caught up in the other things. And, ah, oh, shoot. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I was thinking about this. And. And so we miss sometimes just the, this, this fundamental thing that I want to talk about today. And, and that is something that I'm calling heavenly exchanges. It's this exchange that we are offered by God so that we can give him our stuff, our junk, our anxieties and our issues and our past hurts and all the things that keep us up at night. Everything that we have, the burdens that we have. We are invited in our, in our relationship with God. We're invited to give those things to God. And in return, he exchanges those things for his things, his love, his joy, his peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. All the things of his character, he gives us those in response when we give him our stuff. So why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? That seems like a really good deal, right? It, so why don't we do that more? I don't know about you, but I think I get caught up in this like self-sufficiency thing where I, I don't want to be dependent on anyone and I don't want to be dependent on God. I don't know if it's fear or pride or what, but I waste a lot of time, a lot of part of my life keeping my problems at a distance from God and and I don't want to burden him with my stuff. And I'm like, ah, oh, God, I'll, you don't have to hear about that. It's probably my fault anyway. And, and there's just this distance that I keep from the Lord sometimes. And I don't want to give him my stuff. But he's daily inviting me, inviting us to say, no, I want your stuff. 
I want your things that you're struggling with. I want to know what's on your heart and on your mind. And I'll give you the things of my character. And that that makes so much sense, right? Because as parents, we want our kids to be able to come to us. How terrible and heartbroken would we be for our kids to feel like they couldn't come to us with their problems? I mean, more than anything, I want my kids to know that they can come to me with problems at school or problems with friends or things that are worrying them or bothering them. I want them to feel like they can come to me and share that. And then I give them right perspective. I give them help in any way that I can. So of course, God would feel the same way, wouldn't he? Of course he would. So I wanna ask you today, when was the last time you laid it all out there for the Lord? You said, God, this is what's on my mind. This is what's on my heart. Rather than trying to keep this stuff away from you and pray and get more spiritual, I just want to be broken in front of you. I want to be raw and I want to be vulnerable and saying, this is what is going on and help me with it, Lord. When was the last time you did that? If you can't already tell, uh, this sermon is, is for those of us who are broken. Uh, this is a, play, a sermon that was birthed out of brokenness and it's for you who are broken. And our friend Mac used to say, we're all broken, right? We're all broken, we're all dysfunctional. And if you don't think you're broken, then you're more broken than the rest of us, right? That was, <laughs> but it's true, right? We, we, we are all messed up and life is hard and we, we lose loved ones and our health isn't what we thought it would be. And we're not as financially stable as we thought we would be at this age. And, and the truth is scripture has a lot to say about those things. Our passage today, speaks directly to that. It's Isaiah 61, by the way. But the setting of this passage, the context of it, is of great disappointment and great unmet expectations. See, in the year 597 BCE, the Israelites, God's chosen people, were defeated by the Babylonian army and were exiled out of their homes, out of Israel, and they were um, taken as captives into Babylon. And so their whole city... All their homes were destroyed, the temple was decimated, and they were cast out of their promised land. Everything about who they were, their being and their identity was crushed. And we see that identity crisis and them battling with this in Psalm 137. Uh, The psalmist says, how could we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? It's that identity crisis. He's saying, God, I, I thought you were this way, but maybe you're this way. And, and we had this promised land and, and I don't know what to do now. I don't know who I am and I don't know who you are anymore. How could I ever sing the same song in this state of brokenness? And for 59 years, the Israelites were captives in Babylon trying to redefine themselves. And they were forced to answer this question, who are we? Finally, in 539, the Persian army defeats Babylon and declares that all exiles are able to return to their homelands. And a year later, the Israelites return to Jerusalem and they begin rebuilding their town and rebuilding the temple. But the thing is that it's not the same. Things are not the same. So for 59 years, they're in exile in Babylon, this strange land, and they're captives. And, and they're praying and they're thinking and missing their home and, and they're telling their children how it used to be. And, and finally, 59 years later, they get it and it's not the same. 
You see, the Persians were ruling over them with a heavy thumb. And they re they're rebuilding their city and rebuilding the temple, but it's nowhere near what it was. And it's in this place of disappointment and dissatisfaction and embarrassment that we hear the words of the prophet. Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. Hear God's word for us today. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Now I wanna quickly highlight just a few of those exchanges that Isaiah is talking about. And, and now, if you wanna dig into this later, I would love for that to happen because there's each one of these exchanges is so packed with meaning but I don't have time to get into each one, so I'm just gonna highlight a few. Now, to begin this passage, Isaiah is making a bold statement. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Man, if you wanna get somebody's attention, that's the way to do it. It's like, all right, I'm listening. And so God has bestowed, he's given a special endowment of his Holy Spirit, right? This is before Pentecost. So he has to give these special endowments of the Holy Spirit to Isaiah for him to speak a very specific message to his people and thus to us today. And what's he saying? He's saying, I am bringing good news to the poor. Good news to the poor. He's speaking of two levels of salvation here. He's talking about physical and spiritual. It's, it was known good news back then was often uh, like a battle victory. It was a way of saying we've won, we've beaten our enemy. And so it was a battle victory uh, declaration of the oppressed over the oppressor. And of course, this would have hit home to the Israelites who have just been captured and for 59 years and lived in Babylon. Then he says, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Note the verb there, bind up. Rather than saying simply comfort the brokenhearted or give a pat on the shoulder, you'll get through this kind of thing. It's, it's an active intentionality. He's saying, I am actively healing, binding up your broken heart. It's essentially a heart surgery. He's bringing the pieces of your heart back together. And he's saying, I know you're grieving, but I'm healing you. I'm giving you hope again. That's that exchange that we're offered in Jesus Christ even today. Another one, to proclaim freedom to the captives and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, this is language that's rep reminiscent of something we see in Leviticus and Jeremiah, and it's called the year of Jubilee. It's essentially uh, kind of a super Sabbath. So you have the Sabbath day every seven days, you have the Sabbath year every seventh year, and then every seventh, seventh year, 49th year, is the year of Jubilee that the Israelites would practice. And this was a command given to us, and, or given to them in Leviticus. And the details included, uh, they, were, they were not to plant any crops, they were not to breed any livestock, so that they would give the land and their livestock rest. 
and that they would have rest and they would be able to to enjoy the arts more and they would be able to enjoy family more and, and rest and let the land recover. They were commanded to uh, give back any land that was not fully paid off and, and think people that owed them things and owed them debts were to be forgiven completely. Next, to provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow a crown of beauty. We know in those times that the traditional way of showing you were grieving or mourning was to rip your clothes and put on a sackcloth, essentially a garbage bag, and you would sometimes shave your head and put ashes uh, over your face, and that would signal to everyone around you that you, have, you are grieving, you are devastated by something going on. And, and so Isaiah is prophesying here that the Messiah will exchange these ashes for a crown of beauty, a garland. It was a turban-like headdress that he was using uh, wordplay with and, uh, to give them a picture. He was saying, you will no longer have these ashes of mourning. You're going to have this uh, crown of beauty, and it would signify dignity and joy, beauty for ashes. And finally, the prophecy ends with this. He says, for the display of his splendor. I feel like I need to take a step back and just say every exchange that God offers us, every, everything about our Christian faith uh, is about God. It's about his glory. Sometimes we tend to turn inward and think that, that God does things for us, and then he does, but the ultimate goal is the redemption of the human and of earth, and it's all for God's glory. And so these exchanges that we're being offered here the, the, the bottom line is that it's all for him, for God's glory, for the display of his splendor. Let's look at one more passage. I'm going somewhere, so bear with me here. This is Luke 4, verses 14 through 20. So New Testament, and this is Jesus's first sermon, first recorded sermon. And it says this, verses 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it's written. Here we go, Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Jesus' first recorded sermon. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And check this out. Verse 20. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Did y'all catch that? Like this, so Jesus is handed the scroll. He reads the, the passage in Isaiah. He hands the scroll back to the attendant and he comes and he sits down. And all eyes are fastened on Jesus. And he says, this scripture is fulfilled today in your hearing. Talk about a mic drop moment. 
he's saying that I am fulfilling this promise of Isaiah 61. Jesus is God's response to his people's cry of despair. Today, Jesus is God's response to your struggles and your brokenness. He is the reason we have hope in seemingly hopeless situations. He's the reason we can have peace that surpasses all understanding. He's the reason we even have joy in grieving, beauty for ashes. About five years ago, uh, I had a trusted friend, a trusted mentor of mine, and, and this is nobody here, so uh, this is not somebody you know, but, but this was a friend and a mentor of mine, and, and uh, we had a falling out, and he, he said some really hurtful things, and, and it kind of has an extra weight when somebody has like a spiritual influence, authority over you, and, and so he said some hurtful things, and, and uh, he, he made me doubt myself, he even uh, questioned my salvation at one point, and and accused me of things that weren't true, and, and, and it really shook me, and I, and I had to really work through those emotions of that broken relationship for a long time. But the truth is, God brought beauty from those ashes. He brought healing from that, because after that encounter, I really dug deep into my, my relationship and my walk with Jesus, and I dug into Scripture so that I could hear him telling me that I am saved and that I do have security and, and months after our encounter, we reconciled, he apologized, and we're friends now, and, and it's, it's all over. Uh, but, but the truth is, God brought redemption from that hurt that was in my life. And I know that that example is light in comparison to the, some of the hurt that you guys have felt. I know in this room, there's serious loss and serious hurt and betrayal that you guys have experienced but what I learned from mine is that there's no such thing as a hopeless relationship or a hopeless relation, uh, situation in Jesus that he can bring healing in grieving. There's a song we're going to sing here at the end of the service, and it's called Graves in the Gardens. We've sung it a few times here. And it goes through these exchanges that we've been talking about, right? Beauty for ashes and mourning to dancing and shame to glory and graves into gardens. I'm convinced, church, that we will never see the garden that God has planted for us until we learn to surrender to the grave. We don't have the capacity to receive the things of God, to receive that exchange that he's offering to us if we don't let go of our past, let go of our hurts, let go of our fears. And we trust that what God offers in exchange is so much better. There's no such thing as a grave that God can't turn into a garden. And through our hurt and through our past and through betrayals and, and loss and, and all the things that life throws at us, we know that every bit of our pain is an opportunity to grow in love. And I believe that's the garden that God wants to grow in us today. So in closing, maybe you feel like you're in exile, like the Israelites for 59 years. Maybe you feel like you're just in this broken state and you feel like you're being held captive by unforgiveness and past hurts in your life. You live in fear and maybe you're in survival mode and you don't even remember who you were before those things happened to you. I think God wants you to remember that just like the Israelites, you're still his and he's still yours. 
Maybe you've come out of exile. You're on the other side of a crisis in your life and, and you've returned and things have gotten better, but they're not quite the same as they were. Life isn't quite the way you expected it to be. Uh, I just want to encourage you today to proclaim that 2022 is your year of Jubilee. The similarities are uncanny. We think about 2020 being our exile, right? 2020 was when we isolated and we, we lost uh, some of the things that we knew and loved. And, and um, I think uh, it, it's time for us to, to come out of that. 2020, we laid low and we had to redefine ourselves and our nation and our, our churches even. And then 2021 came and we thought it was gonna get better and, and there was some progress there, but in some ways it was just more of the same political division and COVID talk. And so it wasn't quite what we expected it to be. And so I'm proclaiming 2020 is our year of Jubilee. We are coming out of exile. We are back into the promised land. Amen. Time to claim the exchanges God is offering to us. I want to transition to our time of communion now. Please know that this isn't a table that's exclusive to any church, any denomination. This is the table of Jesus Christ, and he invites all who seek him to come partake in this meal. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he was gathered with the disciples and he took a piece of bread. He gave thanks to God. He broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to God gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We see in scripture the uh, importance of confessing our sins before we partake in communion. There are gonna be some words on the screen here. Would you guys read this aloud with me? Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I'm gonna take a second to, for silent confession. Would you do the same? God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us 
the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Now, if you will, take your communion packet and you can open up the first layer. Take the piece of bread and hold it up. This is the body of Christ given for you. Amen. You can partake. If you open up that second lid, hold it up. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. You may partake. We're going to do a last song. Uh, Please know that the altars are open for if you would like prayer. Um, I would encourage you to take advantage of this opportunity to just be with him and bring to him, be vulnerable with him and raw and say, God, this is my brokenness. I don't want to keep these things from you anymore. I want to bring everything that I have so that you can bring me everything that you have.